I'm going to argue with Jason that there's no such thing as a double switcheroo. Eh, Frank's a loser. Lodero. So I officially hate like 94% of Atlanta fans. Guys, I'm going to make you set down your teacups and take your pinky fingers and put them back into the fist that they need to be in because this has gotten far too cordial. I lost to the freaking cat team. Just a whisker. A whisker of a loss. Was that a rational RSL take from Jason? <laughs> hey, I, I, I'm probably the most rational RSL fan. You just got lawyered by a non-lawyer, bro. Hello and welcome to the MLS Fantasy Insider, our episode number two Eastern Conference Fantasy Preview. Awesome. Uh, This episode is brought to you by the new MLS website, available now wherever you have a connection to the internet. Uh, No, no, uh, actually, actually, um, it's brought to you by the amazing Patreon supporters of the MLS Fantasy Insider and MLSFantasyBoss. Com. I'm your host, Reed Connolly from MLSFantasyBoss.com, and tonight I'm joined by our new regular co-host, Ashley Savage. Uh, for those of you who saw on Twitter, Blaine had a, a death in the family and so should be joining us later tonight, but, uh, but if not, I think we all understand thoughts and prayers out to his, his family. Uh, but we'd also like to welcome a very special last-minute guest on the show tonight, uh, Mr. James Ballow from MLS, uh, the digital guru. I think that should be his official title. How are you doing, James? I'm doing great. How about you? I am doing fantastic. For those of you who are living under a rock, the reason for that is MLS Fantasy 2020 has launched, officially launched. So everyone should be a little bit more happy tonight. Uh, And that's why we have James with us. Uh, He is going to give us, I know we teased it last time some of the changes but james is going to go over with us all of the changes that we can expect for the uh, 2021 game any of you who have joined us in chat this late tonight uh feel free to send your questions and uh, we can get james to answer what we can Um, and then we'll also let him just talk about how our feedback from the community and i know we always talk about this about how we want our feedback and encourage the feedback and sometimes people don't believe me that it actually matters. We'll let James talk about how the feedback we provided actually helped shape the 2021 game. So uh, I, I think we'll just just start right there, James, and turn it over to you. What can we expect for 2021? Uh, it'll be better than 2020. I just think <laughs> in totality, just let's just throw 2020 out the window. A good bar to set. Unless you're uh, you know, a crew fan, but um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we're, we're looking to, you know, have a normal fantasy season, you know, number one, and we, you know, this is now probably the third season that I'm kind of the, uh, the primary owner here on the fantasy game itself. And so, you know, each and every year we're trying to listen more and more as to what the fans want out of the game. The game is for you guys. It's not for me. (laughs) Um, and so, you know, we want to take all the, the feedback and the opinions, into account and take those to heart and really try to continue to evolve the game, you know, a lot like the on-field product, continue to evolve the virtual digital fantasy product as well, each and every season. So for 2021, you know, we're, we're looking to build on a couple of the changes that we did for 2020, uh, bringing back a couple of the uh, pieces of functionality for 2019 um, and really hone in on, you know, the exact core experience of a, full season long strategic game. 
Now, I know that was uh, one of the first comments I saw on YouTube when they, I said the game was back was, and you may have seen it as well, when someone said, finally, strategy is back as well. And I have always felt that regardless of what format we're using, there is still strategy involved, be it how you are managing your budget over a season or how you're able to analyze a team week in and week out with unlimited transfers. But is there a general opinion on the MLS side as to for the, for the few people, I mean, we know we will play for, for two or three days and then, and then he'll drop it. Um, is, is there a general opinion on the MLS side as to which format is viewed as more strategic? I think that, again, going back to what I said previously, that the format, the, the format is a season long game. And mm-hmm. you know, that's at heart, the core of it, that um, what we tried in 2020 was a little bit of a mix of it's a season long strategic game. You have to have, you know, earn points every week. And if you miss a week, you know, you're, you're for the overall standings, your chances are, are pretty poor. Mm-hmm. Um, so we wanted to, you know, add something like the fantasy champions league, giving managers the ability to join at any point during the season and really feel like they have a chance to compete that the fixed salary cap was, you know, allowed somebody to join in May, June, July um, when we didn't have actual matches last year, but um, (laughs) you know, be able to kind of jump in qualify for the fantasy champions league um, and, and, and have a chance to win a prize. You know, I think where, where we're kind of stuck is that this game is, is unique to the North American fantasy landscape where everyone's very familiar with fantasy football um, and some of, you know, fantasy hockey, basketball, baseball, um, but fantasy MLS is certainly different where there's both a salary cap um, and season long, you know, either accruement of points or head to head matchups. And so, um, I think, you know, the, the smart move is to just realize and focus that this is a season long game, season long strategy, moving salary cap makes sense. We're not trying to emulate daily fantasy with the DraftKings or FanDuel. We're not trying to um, become a draft league at this point uh, with <laughs> Ooh, teaser. You know, unique, unique ownership of players. So, you know, this game has worked in its format, you know, for many years now. And I think bringing it back to a little bit where we were at in 2019 makes sense. Carrying over the fantasy champions league makes sense. I think more ways to win is always good. Um, or at least the ability to qualify to try to win a different prize. And um, that's kind of where we landed, where we've listened to people's feedback. Um, nothing was overwhelmingly one way or the other. Okay. It was a lot of people liked a fixed roster value. A lot of people liked moving roster value, but for us to refocus this game as a season long strategic game is, you know, overwhelmingly what the core user base would want. That was actually my next question was, if anything was overwhelming, Uh, I feel like I have to plug real quick. If anybody are, if anybody's a fantasy nerd out there, which all of you should be right No, If anybody is just crazy with some free time, uh, you can check out, I don't know, it'll either be one of those little pop-ups or down in the comments. Uh, we did do a history of MLS fantasy during 2020. If you want to go check those out, uh, it, it goes all the way from the beginning to the modern day. So uh, have fun if you want to check out some, some of the actual history. But so we did have some things that made it over from 2020. That was a strange year. It was sort of a good year to test little bits and pieces, I guess we can call that a beta testing year. But one of the, t- the features that came over is the Champions League. And I think that's a fantastic addition. Um, from what I understand, correct me, it's a 
player final cap. Is that right? That's correct. Yeah, there, there's four qualifiers, the top 50 from each qualify. And then there's a, the last four weeks of the season, um, right after the, there's a break there. Um, the last four weeks of the regular season will be the Fantasy Champions League. So um, it's a minimum of 200. Um, if you tie, you know, if you're within the top 50 and you're, that, that 50 spot is a tie, you know, everybody just comes along. So, um, so yeah, it, it's at least 200 managers um, kind of competing to be the best of the best. So you don't feel like that it's a, you know, a long grind of a full season. We used to have the spring and fall splits um, to kind of relieve some of that long grind feeling that something like a fantasy baseball may have, but um, you know, the opportunity to feel like even if you somehow missed a week or, you know, you captain Zardas and he got a negative one and got tossed in the early in the game, you know, it's, 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 it's tough when you, uh, you perform poorly in a single week and feel like you're already out of it. So, um, you know, the fantasy champions league is a, is a different twist on the game. And, you know, in all honesty, I see, I see more and more interesting ideas like that over the next couple of years of, of where this game could go. And for those of you who are new, just joining us this year, I think this is a, a fantastic change because it does give you more opportunities to experience how the game goes, to understand which players uh, you might want to target, which we hopefully will help you with tonight. Uh, but you can just understand the ins and the outs, the switcheroo. What is that? You can get get those those little fe- that feel for the game, and then in maybe the third or fourth championship round, you can really just put your skills and knowledge to the test and try to make it in and still get a good shot at prizes. So I think that's one of my favorite changes uh, this year because I do think it helps new people come in and and learn, uh, which is one thing that we try to do with this podcast is just help open up uh, the floodgates of what MLS is for people. Uh, another change that uh, I really enjoyed is the um, the fluctuation of player pricing and how that's going to to change this year. I know that I got to see a little bit behind the curtain with uh, with you all. I guess this might be a good time to to say uh, is is there another name that we need to mention who will be helping uh, lead the ship with with fantasy? Yeah, I would say that the the person that we've used now for our pricing initial player pricing this year is somebody who's very familiar to the game. He's placed, um, he's actually won an overall prize first place. Um, and so his name is Skylar Redpath and he's, he's been writing uh, articles for us, the weekly ranking rankings articles. And so we've tapped him this year as our initial player pricer. And then anybody uh, who comes into the league new in the middle of the season he'll be the one set, setting the initial price on that player as well. Um, but other than that, you know, there's no changes to the algorithm of at least how a player's performance affects their price change. Um, but the only change that we've made is that a player's price can only rise a maximum or fall a minute, you know, a maximum of 500,000 um, compared to last year, we had, had bumped it up to a million because with the fixed cap that actually, um, made things a little bit more interesting or we thought it would. So um, we're going back to the 500,000 cap on maximum player price change. Yeah. I think that's nice. I mean, it's something people are familiar with. Uh, of course, we've already mentioned a couple of times that team value will change throughout the season uh, up and down based on your players performance. So for most of us, that should be familiar. If you started in 2020, uh, you're, you're not always going to have a hundred million. You could have more, you could have less. Uh, so that could put more emphasis back on value building at the beginning of the season, uh, which we'll talk about uh, probably next week in the show. 
James, I have to ask, were there any just ridiculous, crazy answers you all got as feedback that you can remember that you might want to share with us just, just for a laugh? Um, I wouldn't say ridiculous. I'd say every idea is a good idea. That's fair. That's okay. The, that's the uh, developer right there. Um, yeah, right. So, you know, I, we, we see a lot of chatter, a vocal minority on just a draft style game. And I do think it would be interesting, exclusive player ownership and, and, you know, leagues with a draft. And I know that those happen somewhere else on, you know, the dark web or something. And so, uh, <laughs> um, and Twitter, anyway, it's like, you know, yeah, people playing in Bitcoin. It's a whole nother world. I don't get there's non-fungible tokens. It's a whole thing. So, <laughs> No. and so Garber bucks that's what they're called yeah. yeah so um you know i think that's kind of what i'm touching on with the evolution of the game that i think there's opportunity to make this game even more strategic maybe not a full draft style but looking to add additional elements in the future that um are unique to fantasy mls that are you know and that those ideas can come from anybody so i certainly saw some of those in the feedback um you know, tell us, you know, anything else that you can think of is, you know, usually the final answer in a, in a survey like that. And there were a couple of interesting ideas, um, everything from a, a vice captain to kind of a, a sell on tax. And so, um, you know, or, or, you know, individual weak player boosts, you know, you get one shot at tripling your captain, you know, there's, there's crazy ideas that, you know, great artists steal that exist in, in other games uh, in, in Europe focused leagues. So, um, you know, we'll look to see if, if some of those ideas are something that we'd want to bring over to the fantasy MLS platform. Um, but I actually, the other idea that I've been kicking around is that, is there room for a light version of this game where if we take this game and make it even more strategic with a couple of ideas I have not yet really mentioned, is there a version of this game where it's pick seven players and there's no pricing and there's no cap and just see how you do to win a weekly prize? Um, cause I think that that would be a more interesting kind of entryway into the world of fantasy MLS that, 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 that there's a certain barrier to entry for this game of just having knowledge. Mm -hmm. Um, in the, the, com the community you guys have certainly helps the newbies, yeah. but I think that, you know, it, it's still a high wall to climb to get into, I know it was for me and I work at the company. So <laughs> um, really kind of, kind of get in and feel like you have a chance to compete. I think that there's room for like a light or a basic version of this game where there's no bench and you're picking one goalie, two D, three mids, two forwards, and that's it. That's your you know your points. And maybe we auto sub, you know, if your guy doesn't even play, just to keep it competitive. So um, I think that that's something that we've we've talked about in the past, and it's something that we'll continue talking about. Uh, and Ashley, I'll let you ask the question in just a second, but I want to have at least give James the opportunity for Dick Six was was your baby last year. Uh, are we back for 2021? Anything new? Anything fun? It's back. The we've we've tweaked the odds to make it easier to win the jackpot. Unfortunately, last year we didn't actually have a jackpot winner. Uh -huh. you know, that was a combination of we had actually less matches and less prediction periods than we had hoped to have. So the odds were we planned on having one or two jackpot winners and it, it just based on the odds and that didn't happen. So we, we were close early in the season with an 11 out of 12. Um, and we'd like to get back there. You know, honestly, a jackpot winner would be good for everyone. It'd be good for who won. It'd be good for, for the, the story. And so, um, you know, predict six is, is free to play. It's easy. It's basically like a lotto ticket where take a shot in the dark, 
pick a couple of crazy outcomes, pick a couple of crazy upsets because MLS and you never know, you could walk away with, with 50 grand. So um, not much to change. You know, there's not many changes on that side um, of the game other than it's back and it's easy and you could win a lot of money. There we go. Ashley, any questions for James? Um, you know, one thing that I love um, when we have these, um, the strategic element come back in of the player prices and the constantly moving um, team value, right? Like picking a player that will increase the value so you can afford Valeri and Lodero, right? I love that concept. But one thing I, I've always kind of wondered, and I apologize if you've said this before, but um, what what stops you guys on your end from looking at like a, like a Joven Jones, who is listed as a defender, and never played a minute. Now, last season was was a weird one. But what 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 is it that makes you guys not see the consistency in where someone is listed but playing differently and tweak it midseason? I love it. I exploit it at all possible costs. But I've always wondered when is it going to catch up to me? You know? Yeah, I think that there's there certain cases that are very unique. And and you brought up Joven Jones. I was even asking you know the Discord of like where should this guy. What position is this guy? Come on, help me out here. And, you know, there was even disagreement as to how he would play. I don't even think Miami knows how he's going to play. So it's like, <laughs> so it's, it's, and then you, you get past my soccer expertise of just, well, what is a defender that plays, you know, up near the mids actually called and, and, and where does he officially qualify based on, um, what our stat provider says and what the, the the club officially lists him as and and what makes the most sense for fantasy. So, you know, getting it right perfectly, all 700, whatever players are in the system, like for every player, it's it's hard to do. And then for those players where we don't really have an idea and we have to launch the game and have a position for him, you know, we just got to take a stab at it. And then, you know, to answer one of your specific questions is that if, if it's, if there's an overwhelmingly, you know, large miss there where he's definitely a mid, you know, for example, you know, throughout the season, we see that he's just playing up way more. Um, In order to switch his position, we'd essentially have to drop him off of everybody's roster invalid and then put them in an invalid state, change his position and then email those people and just say, by the way, we did this. So um, (laughs) invalidating, you know, whatever number of people's rosters, is, yeah. is a tough thing to do. So we've done it before where we had one egregious mistake and it affected five people yeah. that I'm okay with, but uh, yeah. you know, a popular player, you know, if, if anything more power to you that you think you're, you're exploiting sure. you know, a misposition. Yeah. That's great. That's part of the beauty of, of kind of the art of the game. There's hardly ever a, a big, I remember, now I can't remember who it was. There's someone who was listed as a defender for Portland like four or five seasons ago. And he only played as a striker. And it was Wallace. The best. Yes, that's what it was. It was Ronnie Wallace. Um, and that was the only time ever where I literally felt like I was just getting away with gold every week. I was like, this isn't even close. Wingbacks are different, right? I mean, you're just really looking at offensive bonuses that defenders could get to, you know. But, yeah, that was the only time I can remember uh, what the term you use, egregious. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. And, and the other thing is that, you know, if he's performing – then his price is going to go up. So either way, you know, you're going to have to make that decision. And, uh, you know, fantasy MLS midfielder production is a, a podcast episode on its own. And so, <laughs> you know, if, if, if you put 
then maybe. Joven as a midfielder, then maybe he kind of gets lost in that and he's yeah. less interesting sure. as a player. So I think that, that, you know, we, we, we could go down the path of that. Maybe there should be, um, you know, 11 positions in fantasy. <laughs> Wing backs. Uh, what do they call it in fantasy football? Right. It's like your, your, alternate player i don't i don't play it but flex. Flex. flex yeah there you go you have a wing back flex spot for all those offensive defenders that'd be fun and if you listened last week if there's a d-mid option they're garbage don't pick them don't uh, <laughs> we're talking to you michael bradley that's right we're talking to you um dax mccarty no i like dax mccarty but <laughs> no. that's, i mean it's the points it's the points no i think you said it really well james i feel the same way about uh instant replays and, and digital reviews as well as there's there's some there's a beauty or a perfection in the imperfection in the humanness of it. And so to have people that are playing for those of you new listeners out of position, OOP players to take advantage of fantasy, uh, the, the diamonds in the rough that you can spend the whole season trying to find or identify. And, and so I think that's part of the fun of the game. Uh, there was one question from, from chat that, that I'm going to bring up again, tweak it a little bit because it's something that I thought would be neat for, for a couple of years. I remember when I first started playing fantasy premier league back in 2013 or something, it feels like forever ago, uh, there was a, a dashboard, sort of a homepage you could go to that gave a sort of a quick snapshot of top players for that week, top budgets of that week, uh, top leagues, things like that. Uh, and I've always thought that would be fun for MLS to have a quick little dashboard right there. Selfishly, I would hope to be able to, to plug some of the MLS Fantasy Boss network of leagues because you guys are awesome and have some of the best leagues in the game. Uh, but I just wondered if that is a limitation that is more based on the provider or is it just coding on on our side? It's certainly you know, something that we would work with our provider if we wanted to build something like a dashboard that highlighted top leagues, top players every week. It's Again, it's a good idea. I'd suggest you use the feedback survey form. <laughs> I think I did. Um, that we'll send out at the end of this season. Um, but you know, we're we're not necessarily. You know, we have constraints just with with our vendor of just turning the game over every year. Is you know is is a process, and you know, readying it for you know release both in on the web and in the app is it's no easy feat. And so, you know, every new feature and change is is you know, time and money. And so, um, you know, we wanted to make sure that we were focused on the core experience. We wanted to make sure that the changes that we put in place for 2021, you know, that we essentially started this podcast talking about that those were tested and built appropriately so that we'd have a high quality functioning game. Um, and, you know, we, we've added TV broadcasters as a new feature as well, that, was not promoted. Um, and so little for me, it's, it's more like quality of life and user experience improvements that we're going to look to do um, throughout the season here where it's, it's um, you know, something like showing if a player is in a lineup or not is something that we're going to try to look to get in. Um, so we've all been in that case where lineups come out and there's a mad scramble 30 minutes before a match starts. And you've probably got, like minority report where you're sliding around <laughs> exactly and, you know, exactly looking at like what what does their twitter say what's the official match say what who's in my lineup and how do i fit and now i'm point one over and what do i do and like you know match lock is coming like that's 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 like when you get like the the, the meme of the guy like sweating yeah. 
you know, that, that's, that's a tough look even for somebody like me. So, um, you know, looking to try to improve, you know, the, the basic use cases of, of setting your lineup and making last minute switches is, is what I'm focused on this year. Hey, at least we have actual kickoff times now. So yeah, that's, that's when people can just faint over to actually see, to actually see. Uh, well, James, I appreciate you coming out and helping us open the show this week. One final question for me before we let you go. How much are you missing Ben Bear right now? Oh, I'm missing Ben a lot. You know, he, we had this restructuring and, um, you know, unfortunately his talents are, are being missed, you know, currently. And um, I actually just talked to him today. He said, who did the, who did the pricing? I said, if it's, if it's, if it's good, I'll let you know. Um, <laughs> if it's bad, it was Reed. Yeah. If yeah. it was bad as this guy Reed. <laughs> um, and so, no, but he's, he's doing well. He's um, currently got a gig actually with Austin and he's working on a couple of other things. So um, I think he's McConaughey's uh, assistant getting him coffee and upgrade, right? Is it not? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> driving Lincoln, you know, he's driving the Lincoln and the commercials, I think. I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, well, we definitely miss Ben. Maybe we'll try to get him on the show. Maybe, maybe see what he's up to for next week. Uh, he might, he, yeah, he can give you all the MLS secrets now. But, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. We'll see what happens. I'm listening but. to the McConaughey secrets. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> we'll do a, we'll see if we can get Lincoln to sponsor us as our next, for our next podcast and have McConaughey. Uh, well, James, we appreciate you so much. Uh, everyone, this is James Ballow from MLS. If you're interested in hitting him up, you can uh, find him on Twitter at LowballJ. Uh, he also hangs out on the Discord server over for MLS Fantasy Boss. So if you have questions, uh, I know uh, Christopher had a question specifically about a- Atlanta. Atlanta, so sorry. Uh, Patrick is right above you in the chat, specifically about Austin. Um, and that would probably be better addressed maybe on Twitter than on the show tonight. But uh, thank you so much for joining us, James. And uh, we look forward to a fantastic season with you. Thank you very much. Do I get a plug? Go ahead. You can play anything you want to. Yeah. I'm going to plug the new MLSsoccer.com. So we recently launched a brand new website um, and it's built on all new technology with our new content system provider and you know the initial launch has been very well received and there's an all-new match center experience there's an all-new scheduled tab there's an all-new um storytelling experience video player you know everything is state-of-the-art um works beautifully on mobile and so you know the, the best thing for me being on the product side is now that this enables us this is like the foundation this is a whole new you know, rip the house down to the, the, the foundation and studs and, and rebuild it the way we want to. So um, this is going to open up a lot of interesting technology and, and product, you know, digital product uh, features, um, both on the web, but also on the app and, and really on anything else that our, our content and data can touch. So um, we're looking forward to showing, you know, new and improved stats. Uh, we have a integration with Second Spectrum for really enhanced player tracking. So we're going to look to get a lot of that integrated um, and then continue, you know, look to try to even integrate some fantasy data into our website, into our products. So now that we have this foundation in place, there's only, you know, improvements that we'll be making months and years from now. Um, So uh, the MLS soccer league site is updated and then there's more to come for uh, all the fans of individual clubs. 
Awesome. Well, thank you so much, James, and I uh, hope you have a good rest of your evening. Thank, thank you. Thank you, you too. All right. Uh, sorry for those of you listening to us live. If there is a weird video thing going on there, I've got this, uh, our cool new setup for, for three people when they join us, but two people, I do not have a little overlay set up. So I had to throw something together real quick. So maybe when Blaine joins us again later, we'll be able to uh, have something cool again. But uh, for those of you in podcast land, you will never know unless you go to YouTube and find out. Uh, that was, that was fantastic. Uh, some great interview. What'd you think of that, Ashley? Yeah, I mean, it's so great to hear how the decisions come about behind the scenes and, you know, kind of know what they're plugging away at and working at. I think it, you know, I don't hear a ton of up and roar things about fantasy being, you know, wrong done. And so it's, it's just nice to hear what thought goes into things and, um, you know, why things were changed and, and what this, their intention are, is behind it. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I love hearing from James. It's, it's awesome. And I will say as far as prices go, now that the game is out, uh, I didn't add anything. The game, I made my notes for tonight's show. I think everybody else did uh, before the game went live. So uh, I don't have any information about prices. Yeah. That'll be for, for round one. Anyway, I will say that I did uh, get to see pricing early before before the game launched. Uh, that was something I got to look at what uh, Skylar and James had put together. I don't know who else got to look at it, uh, but I did get the opportunity to put some feedback into that as well. So if you do see anything that's just crazy, I mean, you can throw throw shade at me. You can throw shade at Skylar too as well. As far as I, I go, um, and everyone listening tonight, just when I look at these things, I think we can talk back and forth about, ah, he should be a seven or 7.5 or maybe a, yeah. a like... And if someone's close in my mind, I don't tend to sweat it too much. So, I mean, maybe there's some guys who are a nine, maybe they could have been a 10, maybe a nine, five, maybe an eight, eight, five. If they were there and I see them, I'm like, you know what? That's, that's pretty reasonable. I don't tend to sweat. There were a few that I saw, um, which I pointed out where I just said, didn't feel right. As you know, I don't like defensive midfielders. And I was basically like no defensive midfielder should ever be valued at more than seven or 7.5 period. I hate them. They're garbage. Uh, you you will find at times there is a name tax for for all fantasy games. There is a name tax for some of the players you will play. Um, but uh, I, I will say that I got to put some feedback on for defenders that I think was used, and I'm hoping yeah. that uh, some of the defenders will be a bit more affordable uh, because of me. I'm going to own that one. Uh, I tried I tried to help you guys out there, so you, you find some defenders. You know how much I hate expensive defenders, so thank you for advocating. You're welcome. You're welcome. I don't know. I just feel like. Um, there should be a certain cap for where a lot of defenders start at, where the premium defenders start at. And then after that, it should, it should just sort of just slide off a little bit. Some guys are just going to be, I mean, basically if you have a guy who is your defender of the year, the previous year, that should be your, your top. Like that's, that's the point everybody else falls below. It's kind of how I think like, it's just weird to have some guys that are high and I'm like, but they didn't do that much last year compared yeah. to this guy. What's going on? So I uh, got some feedback there that, but there's prices. Take a look at them with the game that's launched right now. It should be a lot of fun this year. And we'll go into that more next week. Yeah. We a week one prediction, but going into tonight, we didn't have it last week for the West. So it doesn't right. make sense to do it. We're just going to cover players. Uh, so again, Blaine's not with us just yet. We're expecting that he can probably make it with us soon. If not, Ashley and I will sort of wing it and give you yep. what we can uh, for his teams. A couple of quick plugs before we get into our, uh, our pick section, which you know is why a lot of you are with us tonight. Um, if you have not checked out the Patreon, head over to patreon.com slash MLSFI. That is how you can become a supporter of this sub. Uh, there are different 
uh, amounts you can you can pledge. There's just a straight up amount you can just give a donation, but there are different amounts you can pledge. I'm going to be having the stickers back this year. I'm working on getting ordered the the face masks that we're going to have uh, for for the swag, and of course I'm going to be getting the the soccer ball back as well for our top Patreon supporters. Those people will also be allowed to come onto the show and talk shop with us during the season, and our top Patreon supporters will be able to join the MLS Fantasy Insider Invitational Exclusive league just for our top patrons and a various selection of experts who we invite to play uh always a super competitive league it's head-to-head because that's my favorite format uh and uh, that we're going to have that again which leads me into I'm, i've set up all the leagues i haven't put out the codes yet because i'm getting all the details put together but i'm going to have one more prize league this year so we're going to have the fantasy boss official the r slash fantasy mls official and we're also going to have the patreon league so if you are a patreon supporter you can have four opportunities to get a prize from the mls fantasy boss network of leagues and then new this year one of our discord leagues for mls fantasy boss is also going to be eligible for prizes so you can sign up for all of those and uh, you have a chance to win. You can't win multiple times. I, I will start going down the list. You will be. You can win your highest prize eligibility. So if you get first place, that's it. There you go. You've, you've got your prize. And I start going down the list. The other caveat that I'll be posting out again is I have a sign up. I will post it. I have it on the Google Doc. You have to tell me your name, your team name, and your email address because it is a nightmare trying to track people down to try to give them money. I'm trying to give you people <laughs> gift cards for the MLS shop to get you some cool swag. It has been a nightmare to do that. So the way I fix this is you have to sign up. It doesn't matter if you finish first place. If you don't follow the rules and sign up and give me your contact information, I cannot tell you and I will not honor that. So when I have all that set up this year, I'll post that with all the league codes. Uh, we also have just a for fun discord as well. Um, but most of the prize leagues are going to be uh, open, the open style. So based on total points, uh, but the MLS fancy insider invitational is head to head because I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, that's most of that. So yeah, please head over and check out the discord channel. Uh, you can get that at MLSFantasyBoss.com. It's right there in the side, uh, head over to r slash fancy MLS. If you want to check out what's going on there and also on MLSFantasyBoss.com, check out the articles that we have coming out. It's a bit more in depth for each team preview with a fantasy focus. So a little bit different than what they do on our MLS, a little bit different than what Matt Doyle is doing on MLSsoccer.com. Uh, this is a fantasy focus, especially for you new players for if you're just completely confused, who should I be targeting for this team? This is what this project is designed to help you with. It's our yearly fantasy primer. So that is uh, all I have basically for our announcements and kind of housekeeping, anything you want to touch on? Ashley, so sorry for your for your Gonzaga hey, guys. I mean, first Repping. of all, it's Gonzaga and I will only correct you once. Second of all, <laughs> yeah, I mean, rough time. But you know what? It was a great season. Thank you guys for moving this so I could watch what was a very agonizing 30 minutes of my life. Well, longer because it lasted longer. But yeah, what are you going to do? You win some, you lose some. One. Yep. You win some, well, you lost, lose one. <laughs> we've lost two national championships now in the last four years. But you know what? <laughs> We went to two, two, so. There you go. Find the bright side. There you go. Better than Kentucky the last couple of years. Sure, yeah. All right. Uh, one thing I forgot to mention, uh, the prizes I give out with our leagues is a $100, a $50, and a $25 MLS soccer gift card. So um, 
email. Yeah. So that's how it works. And I will try to ship if things work out. Uh, so I have I have shipped stuff to Malaysia. So, oh, and it made it. I wasn't even sure, but it made it. It made it. So, all right. Well, let's kick this off. Uh, our Western Conference. Sorry, our Eastern Conference preview. That's what we're doing tonight. Last week, we did the West. This week, it's the East. Uh, just little quick breakdowns that we have. Uh, Belaine was supposed to kick us off, but he is not with us just yet. So, Ashley, we will start with yeah. you for Chicago. Okay. Well, we could just skip it, but I guess we'll go into Ooh. it. Yeah. Oh. Just kidding. Just kidding. You know, Chicago's fun. Um, they're... A team, we kind of talked about this last week, so I don't mean to repeat myself, but there's just some teams where you just don't know who's going to hit when, but someone always hits, right? Um, and I feel like that we talked about this last week with the, the Dallas and the Houston and um, Chicago's kind of been like that for me. Last season was a weird one for MLS and for fantasy, but Chicago and Nashville both were just really snuck up on me from the fantasy perspective where I would see these guys listed in, as, you know, some of the top point producers of the previous week. And I was like, wait, who and what? And, you know, and so I started to pay more attention. Um, I definitely slept on a couple of them. Sometimes they got rid of um, Mialovic to Montreal, which was an interesting trade. You know, he was, I wouldn't call him a sleeper pick last year, but he was an interesting pick for sure. Um, they've signed some young guys, um, a defender, that people are pretty high on Espinosa, but not a ton happening from a fantasy perspective that makes me want to like sneak in on someone real quick. Um, Madron and, and Bar is it Barrich? Barrich, yeah. I never want to, you know how we try to not say I'm wrong, um, are probably the two biggest names that will jump out at people. And I think a lot of it depends on how they rise and fall in fantasy. I know we aren't going to talk prices, but um where they start also is kind of an, an indicator for me um one you know madron's a creative midfielder barich is a pretty good striker i'm interested to see how that attack works without cj sapong i know he didn't start all the time um but he did a lot of things for the attack that were not valued in fantasy if that makes sense you know kind of holding the ball up pulling players away that i think really helped complement the other strikers so um, I am definitely, well, I don't want to say definitely cause that's kind of harsh, but, um, this is a fade team for me with a couple players that I will keep my eye on. Um, because like I said, I think as a team, they're gonna, they're gonna fade. Um, but there's, I think you can still keep your eye on, um, Barrett Madron and then, um, also look at Espinoza in that defense. Like you said, he's young, um, but he's a winger. And so that might be someone um, to focus on. And then Calvo is kind of up or down, um, but with all the other, you know, solid defenses in the league, I don't know that he's someone I would necessarily focus on. So for me, for the most part, you know, this team, this team's a fade. I think you nail it with the players to watch. Um, Barrich had nine goals and one assist last year. Mm -hmm. So that was definitely a leader for them. Uh, Madron had six assists uh, and two yeah. goals. So he was, he was the assist leader. So I think those would be the two um, you could, you could, uh, I'm struggling here because one of those players I think could be a viable switcheroo in the right yeah. situations, but no, I, I think overall, yeah, it's mostly a team that I would fade. I, I don't know if Chicago has a great shot of, of cracking the line into the playoffs or even a play in game mm -hmm. for, for the Eastern conference this year. So um, it, it's tough to, to really lean 
on on that. But yeah, I, I think if you're if you're new and you're just trying to wondering want to take a flyer on somebody, those are those are two guys that you can definitely take a peek at. Yeah. Yep. Okay, now we're going over to my FC Cincinnati. Yeah. Tell me all the things. Uh, yeah. So all What's the thi- all the things. It's everybody's different again. That's that's what we do. We we just get rid of everybody, including a coach, and get a new one and start over. And sometimes even change halfway through the season. Uh, <laughs> no. So my my general thing about FC Cincinnati is uh, we botched 2019. Um, 2019, we were drifting in on this idea that this false sense of superiority coming out of USL that we're going to do it our way. We're going to, we're going to win. We're going to do this. And the team was botched from, from the bottom up. Uh, it was interesting for me. I know a lot of you all saw this who were coming in, but it was interesting for, for me having seen how other teams built up, how Atlanta did, how Orlando did, how Minnesota did, how, how New York did. And to see what I have in my mind as what works. And when I saw Cincinnati not doing that, thinking that's, that's a problem. Um, and I don't live in Cincinnati. It's just the closest team to me. And I kept a lot of connections with Cincinnati, but I don't live there. And so I'm not in the fandom community as much. And so when I'd be at these games or at an event and I'd say some of this, I'd be, I'd get sort of skeptical looks, because uh, I didn't understand the team, but they didn't understand MLS, I thought. Um, so essentially what we have this year is another rebuild. Uh, a lot of the original 2019 players are gone. Pretty much everyone from the USL time is, is gone now and uh, it's, it's new players. The, the problem that Cincinnati's had in the past has been its defense. They've just been leaky and league records going the wrong direction. And a lot of that's also been because of midfield problems this year. We've made some signings that might be worth keeping an ad. We dropped some cash, built a stadium, lots of cool things going on. Uh, but now we've got Luciano Acosta who is in Cincinnati and we've got Brenner who is in Cincinnati. And if you are going to take a flyer on someone from Cincinnati, I'm telling you in general, this is a fade team for me. My guys are a fade. I I am not like Ashley getting Seattle people all the time. I am not getting the Cincinnati guys all the time, Uh, though they might be good for switcheroos from time to time, just to have a a 4.0 non-player. But, but Acosta and Brenner are going to be your two guys. You're going to want to target if I can't emphasize enough. If you are looking at somebody from Cincinnati, Acosta is playing that number 10 position. We have struggled to have that position uh, for two years. He has good history at that being productive. So I think that could help as long as he builds connection. Brenner has uh, is young and has lots of good scoring potential coming over from, from Europe. If he can replicate that in MLS, that could be amazing as well. If it happens, um, I, I don't know if it'll happen. It could be fantastic, but I always am skeptical with, with some of this stuff. Uh, we also got um, Ronald Matrita from New York City FC. He's going to be playing on a wing. He had great numbers at New York City FC. We have a real field in Cincinnati, so that might be a little bit different. I'm sorry. That's that's an old that's an old thing. I'm sorry. It's wide. It's, gonna get it's, it's, it's real. That's real. It's a real soccer field. Um, but... Uh, if he could have some of those numbers, that would be great. But I'm, I'm mostly have him on this list as a caution, because if you look at what he did in 2020, you think, oh, this guy's awesome. He's going to be getting some great numbers. That might not happen in Cincinnati, uh, because he might be on the back foot a lot, depending on how we're, how we're doing. Uh, and then one I'm going to talk about keeping an eye on, uh, Yuya Kubo and uh, uh, Locadia are, are two players on the wing. 
and Locadia is kind of on the outs. Yuyakubo might be on the bench kind of playing for a spot, but they both have skill. I'm leaning more towards Yuyakubo as as a player to watch from a fantasy point of view. He had a good history last year when he was brought in that he was just not able to capitalize because let's face it, 2020 was basically just a giant preseason for a lot of teams, especially when you get a new coach right at the beginning. Um, so he's someone I think has potential that, that could work if, if Brenner starts working out, um, if people start having to focus on Brenner and opens up some of the wings, that could be someone you could look at as, as having potential to, to get some shots. And uh, we've already seen it with Acosta. Acosta has hooked up. If you're, you're going to have to decide who to focus on if some of these guys actually show up to be good. So I'm thinking a Yuya Kubo could be good. If Locadia stays, he was supposed to be this wonderkin last year that never materialized for us. And he's mostly on the back heel. So I don't think he, um, I don't think he has much of a history with the club. So Cincinnati is a giant question mark in general for me. This is a primary fade team with a dash, just, just a dash of potential switch options. Sure. Yeah. I think, are they, when is the home state? Are they in the home stadium? No, we start out uh, on, on the road and we come into the stadium and on May 4th, Fourteenth. Uh, that's my yeah. the weekend of my wife's my wife's birthday is that week and that is the weekend so i will probably not be able to make it up to the stadium for that first game so if those of you who are looking to maybe catch me at a game that might not be it but uh, we'll see yeah i agree obviously with everything you said this is your team you know them much better than i but i will say when that stadium opens if it's a weaker conference team maybe struggling um, you know, in a, in a new environment like that, I would keep an eye on some of those guys. Defense for me, still a hard fade, but um, yeah, I mean, I think those are players to pay attention to in the right matchup, right? We're hosting Miami, so we'll see. We'll see Miami. We'll get to Miami later, but that's who we're, we're hosting Miami. We did beat Portland in our game. I was at that game. We did beat Portland, so you never know. You never know what. Yeah, I mean, crazier things have happened. Crazy. Uh, speaking of crazy losses, let's talk about Columbus, shall we? Yes, let's. <laughs> um, you know, I don't know. I'm not a big offseason person. I mean, I pay attention a little, but I'm not like, did you see this thing? Did you see that? Columbus's offseason has been immaculate. Picking up Molino, score. Picking up BWP, I understand that age or whatever. He's still scoring goals. Like, he's not going to start, probably. But he just having him there, massive signing. They signed a Romanian youth international attacker, Matan, I think is how you say yep. his name. Um, and then they also picked up Marlon Harrison, who is a definitely been around um, and never had much of an impact. Where was he? Colorado once he had a, a good fantasy season, but not much. But still, the depth on this team right now is amazing. And with them being in CONCACAF, I think that there might be some fringe um, kind of less picked up players to pay attention to for for Columbus this, this year. Um, Caleb Porter likes to rotate when he has other competitions, when he does double game weeks. Um, so to pay attention to some of those depth players I think might um, be an advantage during certain weeks this this year like we kind of already talked about this the summer weeks we have a lot of double game weeks um, and a big stretch where you could see some players rotated for international duty and whatnot so um, when I went to look at what their potential starting 11 was and kind of highlight people to talk about 
I did. I only didn't highlight two people. So it's really hard. <laughs> the opposite of the two teams we've just talked about, where um, I feel like you could and should pay attention to a lot of these players. Um, I'm a big Pedro Santos fan. He started to fade a little in 2020 because Zella Ryan is amazing. His tattoo is poorly done, but he is a fantastic player to watch and to have in fantasy. Um, the two of them tended to kind of uh, kind of overlap with each other in fantasy a little bit last year where um, when Zella was healthy, everyone would pick him up and then Pedro Santos would do well. And then when Pedro Santos played by himself, sometimes he did okay, sometimes he did awesome. So um, I'm interested to see if they're both healthy, which I think they are right now, how they look in a season starting together and playing together all the time. And if they kind of pull points from each other. So that's something to pay attention to while I lean towards Santos. I think Zella Ryan is kind of a better bet. And then you're throwing Kevin Molino in to that midfield too. So, you know, I anticipate, and I very much could be wrong here, but I anticipate those three guys kind of pulling points from each other. If I'm going to go with anyone, I'm going to go with Zella. Um, but I think that a lot of people will. So going with Kevin Molino for a game or going with Pedro Santos could be at an advantage to you in a week where everyone goes Zella Ryan. So um, I, and I'm so glad Blaine's not here to hear me say this, but I sleep on Giassi's artist a lot because he's <laughs> the epitome of goal or nothing. He's goal or nothing. And someone's going to find a week where he got like two assists or something and that's fine. But generally Giassi's not the one I go to, especially with a lineup like that. It's the midfield. Um, so I, for Blaine's sake, I'll say Captain Jossie every week, but I don't mean it, and I don't think it's a great idea. Um, if they have a favorable matchup and you don't have a striker that fits your budget or something, maybe. Um, I don't think he's going into the national team anytime soon, so he should be around for most of the season. Um, but he's just a striker that, for me, I try to get, when you're spending that striker money, someone who's going to do more than just score a goal. Um, so you could at least bank on bonus points if they don't get a goal. Jossie is either two points or six, right? So that's hard for me. Um, and that defense is going to get pricey. So get in while, while you can with Awful and Mensa and Valenzuela. Um, Artur and Wormger were the only players that I were, you know, Artur's the defensive midfielder. So, well, Nagby, I guess more so. Um, those are the only three players that I, I kind of shy away from. Going to Nagby's tough, right? I mean, People love him as a player, but as a fantasy pick, he doesn't often hit for you. He'll have a wonder goal and you'll feel like you chose him for the best reason. And then he'll do nothing but a couple bonus points the next couple of games. Um, Eli Room had some injuries last year. And so I enjoyed picking up his backup um, because that defense is still stacked without him. Uh, I, I haven't looked at what he's starting at, but he's a great shot stopper. So um, with that line in front of him, Room's going to be Probably, a, I don't want to say maybe a first choice, but one of the first choice keepers for me in fantasy um, because that defensive line is just so good. Yeah, I think you hit on a lot of the, the players there. For me, it is Zillarion is the main guy from Columbus. If you look back at the stats from 2020, be careful because if you see Zillarion, you'll find out he only had 61 points, but he also didn't even hit 900 minutes. He had a lot of injury concerns and just the crazy schedule that we had uh, in 2020 in in general so uh, i mean he's he's key when they're in pedro santos was the highest scoring 
last year. And that's because he fell into that slot of number 10 when Zellerion was out. And he did it well. He, he was doing that well in 19 as well before Zellerion came. So to have them both on, have a way for them both to be on the field is, is fantastic. I love Molina, one of my favorite signings. I love BWP because of what he can do off the bench. Uh, mm-hmm. I hate to say it because of Cincinnati, but Columbus does look, again, pretty set to maybe do a repeat um, okay. to get yeah. another spot back on the shelf here. Uh, in the middle yeah. spot there, uh, but yeah, a fantastic team, um, and you almost can't go wrong with with their fantasy options. Yeah, there's almost too much. <laughs> yeah, it's almost there's oh. almost too much. Uh, yeah. Let's see here. So Blaine's gone. Uh, Ashley, you want to keep us going with Miami? Yeah, yeah. Seattle two point Let's do it. Um, so talk about a team that's kind of had a rebuild. I think in the in the best way, probably. Um, you know, off season came out that David Beckham is taking a more active role in the club can't hurt bring in the one of the neville brothers which i still think is like a prolonged punk episode for mls like just doesn't really seem feasible but he's here um you know that's a that's a big get i I know he's not a super you know vetted coach but what he's coached he's done really well so i think that um you know this is this is going to be a big change for the clubs kieran gibbs is coming over in the summer um, you know, longtime Arsenal left back playing for West Brom in the Prem right now. Um, that I think is going to be really interesting. You know, those defenders from the EPL don't always transfer over very well, but I see Kieran Gibbs making a big impact. And this team, you know, this front office has spent a lot of money on defenders. And some of that I think is the addition of Chris Henderson, who I miss every day of my life um, and probably will miss for years to come. But you know, he's just really smart with his scouting and he's really smart with his signings. And it wouldn't surprise me to see them bring in, you know, another name or two this season that would impact fantasy. Um, but right now I do know I, I read today, which came into play with my, with, you know, what I was looking at for tonight is um, that they did announce that they have four DPs. So they have, there was rumors about, them being not investigated that's too harsh of a term looked at about the blaze matweedy signing should that have been a dp did they do that incorrectly and so today it looked like they have four dps in higuain pellegrini pizarro and matweedy um so they're gonna have to figure something out uh fantasy wise all of those guys except for matweedy um are very very interesting to have um kelvin leardham got picked up um, and they brought in Fagal and then LGP, uh, Gonzalez Perez is still there. And then it seems like this is kind of the one spot where I'm not totally positive. It seems like Breck Shea is going to get that other wingback spot. Um, Breck Shea is probably my husband's favorite MLS player. Of all time. <laughs> so, um, every Christmas he secretly hopes I buy some of his ridiculously overpriced art and I don't. Um, but Breck Shea is just a fun player to have in fantasy he is like an always bench option for me when Miami had good games last year or good, favorable matchups let me say um he's usually cheap he thinks he's still a striker and he's supposed to play in defense and he's just goes crazy sometimes it's sometimes it doesn't um I did I apologize because I don't have the stat for me but I know he scored a couple of goals last year from just ridiculous positions um he's someone that I like to watch as strictly a bench player 
Spencer will start Breck Shea. I will not, but I've had him hit for me on the bench more than once. Um, Kelvin Leardham, I'm really interested to see how he fits into this defense. Um, with Fagal and Gonzalez Perez's two, what seem to be pretty, you know, efficient center backs, um, I'm interested to see what they do on the wings with their wing backs. You know, obviously I have high praise for Leardham. Um, I'm glad to see his salary leave the Sounders, but not his skill set. Um, so we'll see how, how he is. He's someone that I would just watch before I'd pick up, um, you know, just cause he picked up those offensive bonus points for the Sounders doesn't necessarily mean with that midfield and inner that he's going to pick up those same points there. Um, also their goalkeeper is someone I had to look up, didn't even know who he was. So I think that that can play a factor in picking up any inner Miami defenders. Um, Matweedy is, you know, great signing, big name, not someone that I like for fantasy, Lewis Morgan, Pizarro, Pellegrini, Higuain, those are all viable fantasy choices. Uh, you know, Inter wasn't really able to click as a team last season. And I think you looked at how, if you watched them play and then picked them in fantasy, I think you were always a little disappointed because it seemed like they were going to hit more than they actually did. Um, but all four of those guys with favorable matchups and depending on, you know, how well Phil Neville can come in and kind of control this team, which I think he can, um, I would s expect more production out of them. Um, some of them you're going to lose to international duty. Well, Pizarro, you're, you will lose. But um, for the most part, those four guys will be there for most of the season is my understanding. So um, last year, Morgan really popped and, and went up in points a lot. Pellegrini did too. Um, obviously, everyone you know knows both Higuain's. Um, I tend to kind of shy away from him, but I think he might have a bigger season this year with how that midfield is set up around him. So um, for me, this is a switcheroo team. I know I just talked about them, like I'm going to start every single one of them, but um, they just weren't that good as a team last year. And it's hard to start players in fantasy when their team isn't good. Um, I mean, there's always someone carrying the load, but uh, this is a team I'm definitely watching with interest. So for me, you know, I think some of these players are start, but for the most part, the team um, is a, is a switcher team. Yeah, this is the perfect team for those of you who are new to the game. This is a perfect team for your play style, depending on what your play style is. If you want to have fun, this could be a team you want to go with because they are a bit more risky for those of you who are a bit more conservative as I tend to be when, when I play a fantasy game, uh, I sort of want to see what I'm going to get out of a team. And the way that works with Miami is yeah, they, they didn't always do well last year. I'd be happy to have Morgan as a starter in my team. He'd be the only one that I'd be comfortable with from a fancy option. But Higuain was a huge disappointment um, yeah. coming into to, in 2020. Probably the only but only person more disappointing than Higuain was Chicharito because he was here the whole time. Higuain at least came in partway through the season and yeah. did poorly. Um, but there was, yeah, a, a lot of pieces not working for Miami last year. Um, and I think that's why for me, a lot of these, I agree, is sort of a, a wait and see. I'd be happy with Lewis Morgan, though. And I will say Breck Shea had four goals last year. That's what he had. The thing about Breck Shea that's different, in addition to being a boomer bust player, as far as like, I'm going to get two points or I'm going to get a goal, it's, it's, you also might have him play. 90 minutes for you and get two points or three minutes for you and get a goal. So that's the weird thing about Breck Shea. And it's yeah. also the amazing thing about Breck Shea. Yeah. If you're, if you're ready to tempt fate, put him in. Right. Exactly. Exactly.
All right, let's move on to Nashville SC now. Uh, I had Nashville. I know I've already gotten a couple of comments uh, off of the show. People saying they were looking forward to uh, to my talking about them, um, which I hope is because you are anticipating that I'm saying I really like Nashville. Um, yeah. They did really well last year. Nashville built its team the way I think all expansion teams should build their team. Maybe the only slight caveat is there is if you don't have like David Beckett money or something, like if you don't have crazy mad money where you can just like Atlanta and just drop all these, all this cash on your squad um, for a more reasonable build. I think Nashville did amazing. They found some, some good players to build around in the attacking positions. They found some good value around them and they built a defense built of core MLS guys who understand the league. And that's why I think that's what's important. It's not that the MLS guys are better than international guys. It's they've been playing in this league. They understand the competition they're against and, and what to expect from the other players around them. And I think that gives them a bit of a leg up when some other players are still learning how to work with their team and within the league. So they did it well. And uh, I really like Nashville. They are an easy play team for me. Maybe switcheroo, just depending on what uh, other options you have within the week or how many players you want to build for your team, but an easy play Mukhtar for me is uh, definitely one of the, the standout players there 72 points in 2020 with four goals and four assists that's that's excellent for what they did. Um, Leal is another good player, 90 points uh, in 2020 had three goals and four assists those are two of the primary goal scorers who aren't defenders. Uh, and then I also liked uh, Kades. Like he in 2020, he only had 17 points, but he had so little play time. Uh, I think he is going to be a good option up top for for Nashville uh, this year. He was a late signing last year, right? I thought he wasn't there. He was, so. yeah. That's why he only had a few minutes. So that that's again something very important to, to remember about 2020 um, is is that some of these players came in at the end. So in addition to having fewer games, fewer minutes, so a lot of that stuff is absolutely crazy. Um, so yeah, having having Kedis up top right there, having having Leal, having Mukhtar, uh, all all good options. They also got a mule. Uh, from New York, I believe, Shannon, is where Mule was last. Or did he come in last year? He was in New York at one point. Um, he was in New York. He came in last he year. Wasn't, he wasn't. So he came in, I think, I think later. Um, I don't dislike him, but I like those other other three more. At least Mukhtar and Leal would probably be two of my go-tos on the offense. On the defense side, really like Nashville on defense as well. Uh, they were a go-to for many people. They were a go-to for me. And uh, they had Walker Zimmerman, who was the defender of the year in 2020, uh, though not the highest point getter in fantasy as a defense. Uh, many times for me, though, it was Romney who I went with uh, because having a quality center back like Zimmerman automatically makes his, his partner better. And Romney benefited so many times from from that uh that i usually went with romney because he was a little cheaper zimmerman was also a better goal scoring threat though so he just ended up being too much for me as far as defenders goes i would also pick up willis in the goal because i like that defensive unit there as well so i think if you're looking for defense check out nashville see how those prices are going to be uh they're they're a good source right there if you need to have a kind of a go-to team for 
back line. So overall, this is a play team for me. They have a lot of good options at every position. Uh, I like Dax McCarty. He's a defensive midfielder, so he's garbage in fantasy. And I hate to say that, but uh, here he's an amazing he's like person. A lovely person. I know he really is, but his position is just <laughs> horrible for fantasy. Uh, yeah, no, easy, easy play team for me. Possible switcheroo options, depending on how heavy you want to go into this team or what your matchup's going to be. I totally agree. The only other, with everything that you said, the only names that I'm also kind of looking at as what I like to call like fringe players mm -hmm. or players that I like to throw on my bench when I run out of money um, is CJ Sapong came in for David. Yes. Com. Oh, good, good. I, I don't know how he's going to work in the system. I don't know how much he's going to play. I don't think he's intended to be a starter. I think he's intended think so to either. be depth. Yeah. Um, but I could see him making a diff, you know, a difference. Um, also, Hendwala Bawana came to them mid-season last year and he started a little bit right when he first got there um I think he was just a depth signing but he wanted to make an impact with Seattle and just couldn't so he um, on the wing um can really make kind of a ruckus and like I said I don't anticipate him starting but some weeks if he is and you need someone cheap to fill some bench spots, I would look to CJ Sapong as a, a striker. He'll be listed as a striker and Hanwala Bawana, maybe. Their starters are better, <laughs> but uh, if there's some rotation, I could see those two guys still making an impact. Looks like we got Blaine joining us. Uh, good time, let's see here. I may go back to the, the three panel in just a second. Bam, let's see if this there works. He is. Hello, Blaine. Welcome to the show. Hey, Hello, everybody. MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Thanks for joining me. <laughs> uh, we skipped just a couple of your teams, Blaine. So we'll, we, you got plenty of time to catch us up on all things Atlanta and D.C. Who else did we miss? Montreal. Oh, Atlanta, DC, Montreal. Oh. Well, you don't have to do it this second. I'm just. Oh, yeah. Oh no. <laughs> we, we will jump back for a little bit and let you go ahead and go to Atlanta because yeah. it was going to be. If you're ready, if you're ready, Blaine. Yeah, it, Atlanta. This is a this is a team that's really got me interested this year. Mm -hmm. um, Joseph's back. That's the that's the big thing. I know he didn't travel for CCL, but he's he's going to be back. And as soon as he's back, this is a new dynamic for a team he is going to be a hot commodity again. I have no doubt about that. Uh, the supporting cast around him is a little different, so we'll see what happens. I think he'll elevate a few of the other players around him, but this is just an interesting team, and I think the prices are going to be fun to watch here. I don't think anybody's going to be super expensive around him, and that defense has been okay in the past. Uh, the, West, the East is not a uh, conference I'm looking at for a ton of goal scorers out of a few teams outside of a few teams so who knows there's a there's a lot of stuff here um as we go play fade or switcheroo I think this is going to be your switcheroo team a big one other than Joseph Joseph's uh, going to be a prominent starter for every home game and really on the road when you're scoring about a goal a game when you're healthy that's you can't ignore that but the rest of the team I'm I'm intrigued I want to see what's going on I know Barco's around and does some good work every now and then I'll be watching closely on how they do, but I just, it's a team that's had a lot of success. And I, if they're, if it's all been because they paid a few of the right players, then get the one pair of the player they've still got that they paid. But I think they've got enough core guys that they can really bring up and elevate. And you're going to find some serviceable mid tier pricing priced players throughout the season. 
Yeah, and, and Joseph did come on as a sub tonight during the CCL, and they did win. So good, yeah. good to see him back. Uh, we'll just keep going, Blaine. You got a few to just rattle through as we get closer to the end. Uh, so if you're ready, we'll go to DC. Yeah, I don't have any of my notes open, so let me get in the fantasy game that we have out there now. Yeah. Talked about. And I mean, we can give you a second right. to open a notes if you want. Yeah. I oh can... no, it's yeah, it's good. I didn't have a, t a ton of time to make notes, so I just needed. I was going to put all my players together. Uh, DC is an interesting set of players for me this year. Um, I'll start by saying solidly in my switcheroo category. I think there's too many big names to put them in a fade. Um, I'm personally a big fan of Ola Kamara. I think he's got the potential to be a 20 goal scorer in MLS. Whether he actually puts that together is another story, but uh, the potential is there. Um, and anytime you've got somebody like that who is not going to be priced, even at the second tier premium for a forward, you've got to keep him on your radar. And then there's Julian Gressel, who is just dynamite when he plays, a guy that you can look for for a decent average. And the, the style he plays out wide, he's just he's getting consistent bonus points off of that. Um, this defense is not one I have been – or this is not one I've shied away from. I like this defense when Bill Hamid's healthy. I don't know if you guys covered it earlier, but it looks like he picked up an injury and is out about four to six weeks with a leg issue. Mm -hmm. So stay away from that for a little bit. But when their defense is healthy, I actually like this one as a solid clean sheet chance. Um, Donovan Pines is another name that comes up a lot. Hot young kid who's done really well. And then Yamil Assad's out there. Paul Ariel is there. I mean, this is just a stacked team of names that we expect to be good that the team's been lesser than the sum of its parts. And what is this new coach this year? Yeah. So, I mean, I've been on, I've been on the Ben Olsen is invincible train for a long time. I kept a running list of the number of coaches that got fired in MLS and to see all the turnover while Ben Olsen was tenured. And mind you, he had three bottom of the East teams and other coaches were getting fired and he kept his job. So I just new coach these players. Um, if he can put them together, this team, I mean, winning the East is not out of the question. If you ask me, given the players on this roster, if they put it together, like this, this is solid front to back. I see players that I would, that could start in any team in MLS and you've got, you're not looking at guys like, Oh, maybe they're fighting for a spot. No, there's solid guys all over the place. Now it's a hot take. It would be the ultimate hot take to say DC is going to be a, a solid contender in the East, but I could see with the right coaching, this team will definitely be up there as one of those locks to a play locks to be a playoff team and potential to do a lot more if the coach can put it together. So I, I, I can't fade players like that. There's just too many names that we've gotten good points for. Even on a bad team, we've been looking at these guys as fantasy potential. So if you give them some good coaching and they gel together a little bit better, uh, sky's the limit with this group. Yeah, one I mean, player yeah, I'd like to touch on. Sorry, is that what were you going to no, say? No, no, good, good. Is Roberta that they signed? He's 23. He had 20 goals and eight assists and 39 appearances for the team he played for in the Bulgarian league. And I did say Bulgarian, so like take that with a grain of salt. Um, but his the highlight reel does him a service, and so um, that's a player that I would pay attention to coming in 
as far as the names you don't already know, right? Like, like you said, there's a lot of players on this team who you, you know, their name. Um, he's only, he's listed at only 7.5. Um, I think he's someone to pay attention to. I'm not sure how well he'll pop because like you said, Blaine, um, I just don't know how well this team is going to do. You know, a lot of names and they've probably helped you a lot in fantasy uh, if you've been playing for a while, but then last year they were really inconsistent the season before they were really inconsistent. So um, I, I take a lot of these names with just kind of a pause. And like you also said with Bill Hamid out the first four to six weeks um, makes me even a little more cautious, but um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of great fantasy names on this team. It's just, are they going to live up to that potential and can and, they be coached in the right direction? Yeah. And I agree and, with that. That's, that's what makes me think of them more as like a fade possibly switch team, just because there are coaching questions, there are past performance questions. And so to me, it, it just really becomes that there are likely going to be other players. I want at these positions before I want to take a flyer on DC uh, week in and week out. Yeah, they've only got one player at 8.5. Everybody else is eight or under. I mean, that's a that's a huge benefit for switcheroos. Um, uh, another name I really like who has not played well the last few seasons is Jordi Reyna, but maybe a change of scenery. He has he has shown flashes that he could be that consistent six, eight, ten point player. But he played for Vancouver. I, yeah. That's just that's just that. I mean, if if he gets back if he gets back to that form that he's had at six point five to start the season, he's a steal. Yeah. Like it just it depends on how they they work together. But this team team is so cheap; they've got to be switcheries. Sure. All right, Blaine. One more, and then we'll get back to uh, to Ashley. So Montreal. Oh, Montreal by one of my favorites that just. Uh, that Thierry Henry era was so short, wasn't it? I know. That made, that made me so sad. Let me – oh, right. The game lists them as – where are they in here? CF. It's confusing. Yeah, they're way up there. They used to be in the I's, and then they were in the M's, and now they're here. It's um, the rebrand, Blaine. you got to get on board. Yeah. The, they're still the impact. I will never call them anything other than the impact, but <laughs> – Yes. No, this team, this team's intriguing too. They're in the same boat that I think the DC is um, most expensive players, 8.5. And that's Ramo Kyoto. Again, some decent fantasy names that we've relied on. This is a team that's in rebuild. So I'm probably going to say this is a pretty big fade to start the season. I do want to see what they do, but I am really intrigued here. Um, when Yama was a, a presence in the midfield, they can hold things down. Um, I really like Mihailovic coming over from Chicago. Um, depending on how much of the workload he takes and how well he progresses, I think the team's going to kind of go the way he and Wanyama go. It's just if those two can boss the midfield like they're capable of, this this team could solidify pretty quickly. Um, just I'm not seeing the top-end heavy hitters that I would like. Uh, Kyoto playing out wide or center forward. Um I'll go with one of my boys with Eric Hurtado joining, joining the squad. Um, if he's a starting striker, I don't, I'm looking at the prices. He's cheap. Um, 
Mason Toys here as well. I mean, there's two strikers that are going to be cheap. Yeah, Hurtado's 4.5 to start the season, and Toys at 5.0. I don't see a ton of strikers on this. I don't, I've never liked Kyoto as a center forward as much. I think he's done better on the wing, and that's where he was best at with Houston. So this could be an early switcheroo team for a couple of positions like striker. If you can stash one at 4.5 or 5 million on your bench and see what happens, go for it impact playing on east coast time also gets those earlier games so you'll see that score um that there's some potential here of guys that have done okay that could gel um mostly a fade but there's a couple of just kind of rough gems that you might be able to find in the middle of that but a team that's really tons of names name recognition not a lot of chemistry yet i think it'll take six eight ten weeks to get that chemistry together and then watch out because it's it could be really good or it could be really really bad yep yeah no i'm i'm afraid for montreal unless they showed me something so easy right there yep uh ashley let's get back to you talk about new york red bulls red bull got it um this is another team, Red Bull, I, in my like group of friends that we play fantasy together, Red Bull and DC for the last like two years are the teams that just we keep going back to that burn us like crazy in fantasy. Like, and I don't expect anything else from Red Bull this year, if I'm being completely honest. Um, you know, another new, new coach, um, old coach is up in Toronto. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll see the, their coach had a couple games last season, right? Cause Chris Armour's got fired partway through the season. Am I misspeaking? I mean, I, I feel like he's not brand new this season. Maybe I'm wrong. Um, either way, it's a new coach. Um, you know, the front office of Red Bull has been interesting. You know, they let Tim Parker go. Um, I don't even know if Kaku is owned by them at this point anymore. Um, <laughs> you know, there's just a lot happening here that, um, makes me hesitant in fantasy because of all the other things. Um, I People are going to like Aaron Long. People are going to say, but what about Aaron Long? Um, when you look at who's around him, I don't love it. It makes me kind of nervous. He couldn't stay super healthy. <laughs> I've really enjoyed watching him with the national team, um, but I don't know if he you know, is good enough to carry the rest of the players around him. Um, the, I think the first couple of games will kind of show us. So for me, this defense is a fade. Um, I, I'm so torn between fade and switcheroo with the midfield and, and the striker setup because um, they're real big on Fabio, which is a great name. Even if I'm saying it wrong, I don't think it is. It's spelled like Fabio, so I'm going to say it like Fabio. Um, he's a big striker, um, you know, that had a, a lot of goals for Barnsley, um, and they're expecting that for him. Here, I just don't, I haven't trusted a, a Red Bull striker since BWP. So um, I'm interested to see Caden Clark with a full season under his young belt. Uh, you know, he's projected to start. There were even rumblings that he might, you know, be signed abroad before the season started. So um, he, let me see where he's starting price-wise, but, um, you know, he's someone that I'm paying attention to. I don't know if, you know, I would just straight up sign him. Um, and then I also, you know, last year really enjoyed Duncan, um, off and on as more of an offensive option than a defensive option. But, um, Royer is usually, while he's not right now, he's at seven, 
he gets expensive and then has a tendency to just kind of plateau there. And if you don't get him at the right time, you miss out on all the points he scores to get expensive. So um, he, he does a lot for them. I'm just interested to see how well this midfield and, and strikers gel. Um, but I'm, I'm paying attention to Fabio. I don't know if the highlights are going to roll over to, to MLS. Um, and then, like I said, I'm just a little cautious with this defense. So for me, this is a combo of a fade and switcheroo team. No one on this team stands out of me as a must-have, kind of like you said earlier, Reed, when I think of other positions, is there anyone on this Red Bull team that I'm like, no, I have to have them no matter the matchup. The answer is a, is a hard no. But there's a couple of players that I really kind of want to keep my eye on um, after, you know, in the first couple of weeks. Yeah, I don't have anything to add to that. Um... We'll see. I, I guess my biggest question is, are they going to break away from some of the, the Red Bull model internationally with, with their tactics and, and have something that or go something with their own? So it'll be interesting to see how they how they come out in in the regular season. Yeah, see, I've, I've been a longtime member of the hard fade Red Bulls because they can never fit anything together anyway. And I know I've talked about the last two teams having cheaper players and switcheroo candidates. Kaku is gone. He signed with another club. Um, it's that that saga is over. Now the now the fight is what compensation do Red Bulls get for him for tampering? That's really all it is. They signed him out of con- they signed him under contract, so they owe a transfer fee. It's the compensation there. He's not coming back. That means the most expensive Red Bull player to start the season is seven million. Not even a seven point five. It is a seven million. Eight. No, that's Kaku. Stop. Yeah. That's Kaku. No, no, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. That's why I said. Um, person I've never seen. I, if you can't look at him, you, I don't know that that's him. Wow. Yeah. That, that, I'm yeah. Sure. Kaku was listed as an eight as their most expensive player. Now you've got Kesseris Jr. and Royer and at Royer. seven, along with White. The only name I'm even will, or, well, I guess I got there are two names out there that I'm willing to kind of take a, a flyer on is Duncan if he gets back, if he stays the way he's been doing. But I expect his price to go up as a defender if they're playing well. And then Velo. Sure. Love love the way he plays, but he's just gotten hurt so many times. Mm-hmm. And if he can stay healthy, I think he's got the potential for a seven, eight point average when he's healthy, even with a bad team. It's just he hasn't stayed healthy. So I think he flies under the radar. So I I can't fade him quite as hard as I fade the rest of the team because I think he could have brought the team up the last few years but when you have season ending injury a couple of games in uh, every year it, it's just really hard to to be a fantasy option yeah all right Blaine let's move on to New England Revolution oh New England um if you want a hot take of hot takes which I can't do this to my boy Zardes um New England Revolution could win the east pretty easily this year Ooh. I think this team is stacked. We are going to get a Lily sighting tonight too. Yay. It's it's her bedtime after getting back. Can you wave it, everybody? Okay. Let him on and close my door. But yeah, um, uh, Carlos Heel and Gustavo Bo. That tandem can tear up MLS. They can tear up any team in the in the East. They can go toe-to-toe with the heavy hitters in the West. Um, the sky's the limit here. This defense is solid. Uh, Turner is has 
proven time and again to be an above average goalkeeper. Um, great shot stopper, can save penalties, just solid in the back. Andrew Farrell never gets the fantasy love that he deserves. So I'm going to highlight him here. His average is always up there consistently. His price stays fairly reasonable. He never has the huge games that give him the massive bumps. But because of that, he never gets those massive bumps, so he stays at a lower price. He just never really seems to lose price. Um, Bunbury is a huge favorite of mine. He usually starts out cheap, and he's always productive. Um, it's just hard knowing when he's going to start and when he's going to come off the bench. Uh, Buxa was another great pick last year coming off the bench. Um, with Heel and Bo, I don't know how much those two are going to play consistently. It's just this team, um, Buchanan's another cheaper option who's getting um, European interest again. It's just a lot of good, solid role players here. They've made some changes. Tommy McNamara's in there. Emma Boateng's over there now. Matt Polster came in. Uh, Bruce Arena's building this squad the way he wants to. And I tend to trust Bruce Arena in MLS. National team is something different, but he did it well enough with um, the Galaxy. Um, now he had some heavy heavy hitters there. I mean, when you've got Landon Donovan and Robbie Keane, you should be winning MLS Cups. But is it too far off to say Heel and Bo are comparable in a sense of you've got two elite players in this league that you can build around and they've shown that they can go solo if they have to? It's just, I think this team is really stacked. This is a heavy play team. I think you can go three deep here in a lot of ways because you do have your forward, your mid, and a solid defense. Um, goalkeeper, defender, like I said, Farrell, Kessler's another name I really like. Brandon Bay has been cheap and gets into the attack quite a bit. So heavy favorites in the East this year. I think when you see every team on paper and given the injuries and the transactions and everything, if this team stays healthy, I think they're one of the few teams that can really rival the Columbus crew for just sheer star power and staying power both offensively and defensively. They're a yeah. play team for me. Yeah, no, I agree. Uh, heel and bow, strong defense. Yep, play team all around. Uh, moving on to Orlando City, my team right here. So not, not my team since today is my team, but the team I'm talking about. <laughs> Clear that up. Sorry. Uh, Orlando. No, I like, I like Orlando. Uh, I think it's a play team overall uh, with some switch options. Of course, uh, Chris Mueller, one of the top players, I think right there, 113 points in 2027 goals, seven assists. So very strong option right there. Uh, Nani, not quite as great in 2020 as maybe our 2009, 2019 performance, but still uh, 82 points, five goals, three assists. So solid go-to option right there. Uh, then also one of the new acquisitions, uh, Pato, Alexandre Pato. He's had a, a pretty good preseason so far. So um, I'm kind of like Ashley. you got to be a little wary of a preseason mm -hmm. performance, but he's been doing pretty well up there, replaced essentially a DK's replacement up top. And if he can get some service like that and some continued production, I think he could do, do well up top right there. Um, also, again, they have some good offensive options and some decent defensive options as well. Uh, Ruan did pretty well last year for people who's usually a fairly budget pick to get into a defense that wasn't uh, horrible. And then Galese in the back um, was, was a, a pretty good keeper. tended to be a little bit higher in price, but uh, pretty solid at times in the back. Um, maybe not your go-to 
defense might have been this might be where your switch is the defense might be the switch but um some some usual options that are worth considering when you're building your team so for me they're a, a play team all the way with some switch options yeah i i totally agree with you about these defenders they were really fun to have on your bench as kind of a switcheroo mm-hmm. um because they are kind of hit or miss galicia is a great um goalkeeper for bonus points and things like that but um, they were just a little inconsistent last yeah. year, so I'm interested to see what it looks like this year. One note I will say about Pato, um, there's not a lot of times where someone comes in who's not a big name, but I actually know who they are because they've flirted around Europe and other things. Um, Pato has been like a start boom and a bust everywhere he's ever been. Um, he, st- he started off really young going to Chelsea and like had you know, a-, a ton of hype and um, one of those whatever he is messies you know how they say that about everybody right um, <clears throat> everyone's a something messy um, he was one of those and he's got a lot of places and either not played or you know started off really well and then you know really kind of tapered off but Chelsea loaned him for years I think and I could be wrong the team he came from he was technically still on loan from Chelsea um, he just got loaned out over and over and over again so maybe MLS is the place for him I feel a Chicharito vibe from him in the sense that um the name's coming in hot and he's coming into a team that could really use a striker like him um but he's he's priced at what I would expect him to be priced at but he just makes me a little nervous sure um just from what I know from him as a as a player outside of MLS but at the same time um a striker like him you know, could come in and, and pop really well. I thought Chicharito would pop better than he did, but didn't. So um, I wouldn't spend $9 million on him week one. Uh, but <laughs> I think that he's definitely a, a striker t- to pay attention to. And I, I kind of hope I'm wrong. It'd be nice to have a flash new striker down there. So, All right, Blaine, uh, do Mike Proud talk about New York City FC? Um, oh, I had I had one more thing. Okay. I'll take Orlando too. Um, okay. I feel like this Orlando team right now is built like the Houston teams of the past. They've got a ton of good pieces, but picking the right one that's going to go off is going to be the harder part. I know there's some comments in chat. Perea is better than Chris Mueller. Um, Nani can have those games. Like there's some hot takes all around. You've got, they brought in two strikers this year that are I mean, the price difference there, but then they still got Tesco. They've still got some other names that we know. This is a this is a team that, if everything goes well, has a really high ceiling. I think they're, they're top half of the Eastern Conference on a normal day, and they're incredibly deep for, what the, for the team that they are. Um, it's not a ton of big names deep, but it's a lot of guys that can step in for other guys. So this is a – this is kind of starting out as a fade team for me because I don't know where the points are going to come from for fantasy. I think it's going to get spread around a little too much and you just don't, you can't count on that. And that's the way I was with Houston the last couple of years. Unless I see one guy really doing something, I'm not going to go in for the team because it's, you're going to pick the wrong one every time. And that's just my luck. And that's where I'm at with Orlando. All right. Well, what do you think about New York city FC? Um, if I'm going to channel my inner mic, um, this is a dumpster fire. Oh, no, I, I don't think it's quite that bad, but I think this is a team that um, I, I really feel like Mike would have a big rant on how this team has been handled lately. Yeah, as he should. And, and, and what? Bears potentially out long term, either injured or transferred. I can't remember. Um, 
injured, I think. He just transferred. Yeah, so. they let Ring go. They, I mean, they've been letting players mm-hmm. go. Their core is shaken up. Um, I, do you trust Keaton Parks to be the Ring replacement? I think Mike would like him, but I just I want to see it. Um, I think Tinnerholm's going to have to stay home more this season. He can't float like he did in the past. He doesn't have ring and the rest of them to do it. Yep. Maxie, Maxie has shown that he can be that guy, but if you double him and make somebody else beat you, uh, the team kind of falls apart. Uh, Matriza has been fine. Um, he may be one of those. He's loaned. Oh, he's loaned. That's right. That's the other thing. Oh, he, he's listed, but he's loaned. And then Haber, I thought, was injured. That's right. But I knew there was one more missing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Tyler in chat said that Haber is out with an ACL tear. Matriz is on loan. Yep. Um, I like Tati, but Tati every game. Um, the defense seems to be solid, but I just don't know that they're going to have the cover. And I don't know how much possession opponents are going to get. Uh, Tajuri Shradi is another name in there. Like it's just, it's a lot of names we've been really high on, but we've been really high on a lot of these names because we've had Matriza, we've had Aver, we've had other guys. When you've got those names, your 6.5 guys look and play better than they are because defenses know to watch for the other guys. Mm-hmm. Now you're going to have defenses keying off on these somewhat weaker players if we trust their pricing. Um, I just, I see this team struggling to make the playoffs this year. I really do. If Maxi has any type of health issues or if he can't get a rhythm or if he gets double teamed, I think this team is going to tank a little bit. And I just, I don't have a good feeling about it. I wish Mike was a little more up on it. So I could have talked with him about this a little more. He's retired. Yeah, he's retired. He's, he's not keeping up with the club quite as much. I just, I like Callens, I like Cheneau, but I want to see how much possession New York City concedes. Because while I like these guys, and conceding a lot of possession could mean bonus points, it can also mean getting tired and getting shelled. So names I like just don't trust the system yet, and I want to see where they go. One name I kind of like, I think Mike would also agree with you that this seems like it might be a dumpster fire. Um, but w- one thing we talked to James about in the beginning was uh, a player listed at a position different than it seems like they might play. And I think Medina is one of those players. I could be wrong. Um, but it seems like he's the only, besides Sati, striker mm-hmm. to list. And they play in that three front usually. Um, so I think he, you know, for a long time, he was considered one of the most atrocious DP signings ever. Um, but he's still there. <laughs> um, I don't think he said, is he DP anymore? I don't even know. But I could see him pulling his weight after being, you know, overlooked and overlooked and overlooked and injured and overlooked. Um, but I kind of agree with you that this team is a switcheroo to fade for me. Um, but I'm, I'm paying attention to Medina. Tati has more shots on goal with less goals than anyone. He was just a fun fantasy pick last year because he scored a couple um, and he was cheap. Uh, yeah. Israel couldn't stay healthy also, but he's also listed at seven this year now. Um, and I think as a midfielder. So mm-hmm. when I look at midfielders, I don't want to spend seven on him, you know, when I could spend that on someone else. So um, this is a kind of a wait and see team for me too, but I'm a, I'm a little intrigued by Medina. Yeah. Old man Morales is old. So 
Yeah. Yeah. Fade. Fade. (laughs) All right, Ashley, Toronto. Let's do it. You love to give me all the teams that beat me in sad ways. Um, I didn't pay as much attention to that this week as I did last week, to be honest. Oh, really? Well, Toronto (laughs) Thank you, Reed. Um, Just kidding. Toronto is a fun one from a fantasy perspective for me. Um, We talked about this a little bit last week, and I apologize, and I'm sure someone in chat is going to be like, why don't you know this? I don't know where they're playing the beginning of their season, but it's my understanding that the Canadian teams are starting their season somewhere in the U.S. And a question that I have is, one, how long? Um, And two, where? And how is that going to impact them? At least for preseason, they were doing it here. I don't know if they're going home and then following those rules and then playing. Um, But that's just something I'm paying attention. I need to pay better attention to before picking up any of those Canadian players. And again, I'm sure someone in chat will correct me and tell me all the right things. But um, I like Toronto, which is hard to say at times, Um, but they're a team that I think I will probably play more than not. Um, Richie Larea really had a breakout year the last two seasons. I like him in the defense. He also gets slotted in as a midfielder sometimes. Um, You guys know that I love my offensive defenders. Um, Mavinga and Moro as well can really contribute offensively. Uh, so I'm interested to see what this defense kind of looks like. And then the, the last defender that they have is, um, Gonzalez, who last year for me was just way too expensive for his point production. Um, so I tend to, to shy away from him. And then <laughs> the midfield, we've already given Michael Bradley a couple of shout outs, but that's just not money I'm willing to spend on someone where that plays where he plays. Um, expect that he's going to start but that's definitely someone i i shy away from um pozuelo is another one just like i talked about um you know ladero for me he's a must own most games um if he's healthy he's doing all the things he's taking the free kicks he's taking the corners he's taking the you know the penalties if josie will let him so i think that he more often than not is a is a must own you know across most weeks um, starting at 10, that's exactly where I would anticipate to see him. Um, I'm really interested to see a season of Akinola. I mean, MLS and back tournament was so fun to watch him. And then he just kind of didn't produce due to injury and, and, you know, a couple other things once we got back from that. Um, but I'm really paying attention to what he looks like um, healthy in a regular season at 7.5. Um, someone I also kind of like to pick up occasionally is Osorio. He wants, he has that kind of goal scorer mentality as a midfielder. And, um, I think he can contribute more offensively that, you know, as the season goes on. Um, I don't pick up Josie Outstore. I know we kind of talked about this socially before, but, um, I, she's just not a striker that I love in fantasy. Um, I just never know what's going on with him. I never know if he's going to produce. And at 8.5, I think there's just other strikers that I usually like more, but he does have a really good connection with Paz. Um, So it's something to pay attention to. Um, And like I said, Pozuelo for me is almost always a must own. Uh, And then some of these defenders for me each week, depending on who they're playing, are also must owns. Um, And I think Josie is someone that you can slot in uh, in a favorable matchup. But for me, he's just someone that I tend to stay away from either due to injury or just, you know, the, his cost. So 
not a big Josie fan, but I that might just be more me than how he is in fantasy. So, yeah. No, they haven't made yeah. many many trades or done much over this this offseason. So it's interesting to see that they're yeah. just rolling with that same crew. Yeah, well, they have a new the, coach too. I didn't say that. I'm interested to see how that comes into effect. Um, yeah, this is this is a team I really like. Pause because he gets all the free kicks. Like he's your point score. Um, the other, like the other two players I'm going to be watching, um, I think Osorio is going to have a good year. He's a guy I've relied on in draft as kind of one of my depth players and he's done well enough for me, but I liked him last year with Pablo Piatti on the team. Piatti's not there anymore. So this is a chance for Osorio to step up and be that second mid and that second playmaker that Toronto has played with. And I think that bodes well for him. He's shown he can do it. Um, and now I just want to see it translate into fantasy points for me. Um, he's a guy I'm definitely looking at in my draft league this year again, but um, that translates well because we kind of always had it Pozuelo, Piotti, and then Asorio last year. And if one of those guys was out, you could move them up, you move the other ones up. But I think now with Piotti out, I think Asorio is just going to have a good year. And then Akinola, of course, is one you've got to watch out for. Um, Josie has not had the greatest last few years due to injuries. Um, he is a guy that I have ignored to my detriment, but only a couple of times. Sure. There's only been a couple of times where it's like, I really should have taken Josie and should have known better. He's a fantasy player that is just not producing right now. Mm-hmm. He has been on some stacked teams and he's not getting it done. Um and now he's got some off the field stuff going on as well. And I don't know what that's going to do to his mentality. And so I just, I worry about Josie both on and off the field at this point. And I really hope Akinola can step up because he would be much more fun to watch from a fantasy perspective too. And I think better pricing um, just all around a better prospect going into the season but yeah, those, I mean, those are the three names I'm really looking at here. Uh, this defense has been hit or miss good, mostly on the good side. They do have some, they do lay some duds, but no, Toronto, Toronto's a fun team. I'm kind of watching for switcheroos outside of pause. Who's pretty much a must play. All right, Blaine, wrap us all up with Philadelphia. Oh, Philadelphia. This, I want to have such high hopes for this team, but um They've lost a couple of key players. They've made some great sales. I think it's going to take a little bit of time for them to get back to what they had and go from there. But there's there's some real gems in here. Um, Fontana could be a 6.5 starting 10. Mm-hmm. Like, And from everything we have seen of him, he is going to produce closer to the 9, 9.5 range. Um, his preseason looked pretty good. Just he's got the potential to be a or to start the season at about a nine, nine point five, and they've got him listed as a six point five, partially due to age, partially due to experience. And I totally get that, but I expect him to punch above his weight. Um, he is one of those that when when you've got a good matchup, I won't say week one because it's at Columbus, but when you get a one of those little bit better matchups, he's a guy that you'll probably want to grab, stash on your bench. Uh, the price rises are going to come here. Uh, striker situation is going to be interesting. Um, Shabilko has been pr- 
pretty good. Let's see what the service does for him this year. I just all around I like I like this team. Um, I don't know that they're solid plays because they've gotten rid of stuff, but Glesson has hit a rocket last year and got on everybody's radar, and he's starting at five point five. This defense has always been solid. Andre Blake is a quality shot stopper and makes his defense better. He increases the fantasy value of his defense and the defense has just gotten cheaper this year. These were six Oh guys that got up to eight, 9 million last year. They're all got, they all got reset to about 5.5. Like I can't believe the, none of these guys are starting at six. So, I mean, they've, they've lost some pieces. They're changing it up, but this is a lot of young talent. Um, so I, I have to go solidly in the switcheroo category here. I think you've got a ton of potential. And and then Fontana, just because of his price being your heavy play early in the season, he'll get you price rises throughout the week or every week as long as he keeps playing well. And I think he's got it. Anything to add, Ashley? I mean, no, I, I agree with a lot of the things that, that Blaine said. I think some of these guys are still play for me. I mean, you know, Priz is a great striker, in my opinion. Um, Montero, I don't know that he's always worth his price. Um, but yeah, like you said, these defenders are starting off much cheaper than I would have thought. And I liked Philly defenders last season, and almost all of them are back. So um, yeah, I, I'm paying attention to it. I, I, I think they're uh, right in between play and fade for me, or play and switcheroo for me as a, as a team. I think that's fair. All right. Well, thank you everyone for sticking with us uh, with our delayed start tonight uh, and delayed start of the week as well, uh, but sticking with us for our Eastern Conference preview. If you are a new player, again, I hope that this helped you. Don't forget to check out our Western Conference preview from last week that will be posted on the website and online. Um, let's hit up the plugs. Ashley. Switch the pitch. Check us out. Um, on Twitter, it's switch the pitch one. I don't like the one, but it, it exists. Um, we're getting some preview articles out just from the MLS perspective um, that I think can come to fantasy, uh, but mostly just if you want to get to know some of the teams, um, there's some good articles coming out. And then, yeah, give us give us a, a follow and a look as the season goes on for the female perspective on this great men's league. Blaine. Yeah, just give a shout out to this great community. I know you posted on Twitter why we were having a late start and I had some family issues to take care of tonight. And just the reception I got, I mean, this is why we do it. We, we do it for you fans and just the way you appreciate us and worry about how we're doing in our lives too. It's just, this is what the game's all about. So big shout out to the community, especially our Twitter community today. I felt, I felt really encouraged with everything that was going on. I know I leave the show in good hands when I'm not here and I try to be here because I enjoy it. It's fun for me and I love this community and I want to give back to everybody, but I mean, that's what it is. It's a community. And I really just want to say thank you to everybody for letting me be late today and coming in and just kind of rattling stuff off off the top of my head. I, I, I felt like I had a little bit better preparation for this one. So I wasn't just flying off the cuff with, the, with these teams. But yeah, I just, I appreciate this community a lot. And this is why we do it. Uh, as for myself, I want to shout out MLSFantasyBoss.com because we have our fantasy preview series that's coming out, part of our primer. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Head over to the Discord, MLS Fantasy Boss Discord. You can get to it from the website. Uh, we have a great community there. It's booting up. Older Goler has everything 
rolling right there uh, and r slash fantasy mls over at reddit which again isn't as active with discord back now but uh, you can still get some good content right there there will be leagues for all of that so be sure to keep an eye out for when i post the league information to sign up and don't forget to check out patreon.com slash mlsfi if you want to become a supporter of this podcast and this project and get even more chances to get uh prizes from me and uh, swag as well so we have some of the best players the best players in my opinion the best leagues in my opinion and uh, i am proud that we have leagues that actually offer prizes to the players we've done that consistently over the past several years uh which is is uh not always common with with the non-official leagues that are out there so i'm happy to do that to give back to this community for everything you all do to allow us to do this so thank you so much everybody for joining us tonight and good luck okay streaming is stopped and